I have a very important question. All right. You call your spouse Nurse Susan? Yeah, she's Susan. She's a nurse. She's a nurse, and she's Nurse Susan. Yeah, I know, but y'all are married. This is a long-running thing. Okay. But that's just a, that's just a that's a podcast thing. Oh, okay. I mean, I don't. I thought it was her. like a kinky thing. No. That's <laughs> funny. Look, I never looking th- the, the look on your face is like no, but it could be. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what I, that's exactly what I was thinking. Actually, like I was like, oh, I never thought of that. I kind of like. That. Friends and comrades, here's what we're doing today. We're doing a special episode for you. Uh, we've had a lot of anxiety lately. We've been in the street. We've been uh, cooped up in quarantine. We've been talking about a lot of heavy shit. So today what we've done is we've, uh, we've posted up in the back garden of the bunker. I can assure you that we're, you know, we're perfectly secure. We're in a, we're in a secure location. We've got the grill going. And we're going to have just a casual, fun conversation. Uh, Super producer Carl is here, live, uh, over there in the corner with all the, uh, with all the gear. And uh, our guest today is the esteemed member of the uh, Progressives, Progressive Democrats of Delaware uh, and former journalist, uh, activist, organizer, Kristen Bricker. Hello. Hello. The, the, the milestone today is that of the famous uh, KKS episode, episode with uh, Stephanie Heron and uh, Kirsten, both of them have been back in some fashion to do, uh, to do one, and you haven't. This is your first time back since that fucking shit show. Yeah, and I've been, you know, shit showing it up ever since. <laughs> That's my understanding. That's why you're here. Yeah, I'm actually trying to find the statement from the Delaware Young Republicans. So let me set this up. While you're looking for it, I'll set it up. We have these conversations all the time because I, I, I don't go on Facebook. I don't have an account. I've never been. Don't, I don't fuck with it. But in Delaware, as Carl has said, uh, y- y- that's where the action is. But I don't really want the action. But that's where all, like, the dumb fucks are. And I miss it all. I get it from, you know, I get it secondhand from people. Um, here's why I'll set it up. I didn't even know there was a Young Republicans. And then I saw something on Twitter that Matt Biddle put up there, the, uh, the, the local political guy for Delaware State News, about, like, hey, the Young Republicans say we should, uh, you know, slaughter all immigrants or whatever. It was something fucking wild. And I was like, what the, f- what is this? Like, I literally sent it to, like, Anthony Del Colo. I was like, are these your people? Can you get them in fucking check? But apparently, uh, these people are, they're lunatics. And so, can you, can you give us some, 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 some of their lunacy from, from Facebook? Well, I actually um, know, uh, the first time I ran into Sam Chick was when he was volunteering on Del Colo's campaign. So I'm a little uh, confused that he would say that he doesn't have a connection with the guy. Oh, Del Colo never got back to me. Just oh, okay. Yeah, that so might Sam Chick volunteered on his campaign. <laughs> and, uh, Can we get some background for who Sam, what, what a Sam Chick is? 
how do you describe a Sam Chick? So Sam Chick is apparently commissar of the Delaware Young Republicans. I don't know how young he is. Well, I did notice that uh, after we after people have started feeding me these Delaware Young Republicans, uh, like you know, like chicanery, I did notice that on some of their um, like material online or in their literature, it's like oh, eighteen to forty. That's a young Republican. So this motherfucker could be like 35. I don't know. Yeah, I don't have the audacity to call myself young anymore. Um, but I guess you do what you do to make it look like you have a constituency. Well, for Democrats, the young Democrats thing is 35, I believe. Okay, well, it's five if years If you could better. run for president, you're not young anymore. I feel like I feel like 30's got to be the cutoff for that. Oh, that's what I would think, too. But in any, in any, in any case. But I'm a... So to, to go back to, to to go back to Carl's question, uh, what is a Sam Chick? Sam Chick is a Delaware Republican. I believe that he occasionally runs against and loses to Sean Lynn, um, which might have to do with why he accuses Sean Lynn of being Antifa and has a little obsession with Sean. Um, and he also, I guess, I ran into him. Um, because of immigrant hating, some, uh, marijuana, uh, advocates had suggested following, um, Sam Chick because he was getting active there. Uh, and so I followed him. And then when Trump was, uh, elected, he started sharing, he started making a lot of comments that, uh, refugees were coming to our country without visas so that they could commit terrorism and kill a lot of people. And I was like, funny story, Sam. Like, I heard you were a combat vet, so you went to another country armed without a visa and killed a bunch of people. But I don't think refugees do that here in the United States. There was like one. Um, so Can you give me, so when, when somebody said he's getting involved in the, in the cannabis, so, so what was his involvement? That it's like the devil's fucking weed or what? Uh, no, he's in favor of cannabis and I believe is still a medical marijuana patient in addition to being a wacky uh, gun owner. Uh, so he's like a libertarian dude. He's that kind of freak. He's that b brand of freak. I don't know if he, I mean, he considers himself a Republican. Um, yeah, but I mean, that's, isn't that, there is a definite brand of Delaware Republican that's like, well, you can do what you want to do as long as as long as I can, you know, keep the money my parents and I inherited from my parents, kind of thing. Well, he's the guy who started out like that, I assume, and then ended up as like the alt right guy. Who that that's a bit, that's also a type of Delaware Republican that I know a few of those people. Yeah. Yeah. So I actually that was when I stopped getting involved in cannabis activism because he was going to be on a panel um, about marijuana legalization or medical marijuana. And I said that I didn't think that it was, I thought it was going to drive people away, including myself, um, you know, to have somebody who's that hateful uh, speaking. And they said, well, he's only going to speak about marijuana. And I said, yeah, but the reason I'm following him and I saw his hateful views was because y'all told me to follow him because he was good. Um, and so now it's time to stop giving him a platform. Uh, I wound up leaving um, and somebody else stayed in the group and basically continued to try to push him out uh, because she is Hispanic um, and an immigrant and she uh, did also did not feel comfortable with his rhetoric. And she managed to convince the marijuana organizations that 
they should not let Sam's store, uh, his vape store, um, sponsor the weed stock, which is like their big marijuana. Um, so this guy, his, is that his main job? Is he owns like a vape shop? His main job is uh, being the heir to some sort of chick farm uh, supply or something. That was another excuse the marijuana people gave me. Well, one marijuana person uh, who, man. You don't want to use their name? Even. Just use their name no. and he'll fucking beep it out. So Sam was uh, We're going to have to have Dan fucking review this to see if we can <laughs> Uh, Dan, uh, That's why you were like, what's his relation to the marijuana organizations? And I'm like, well... Shady. Right. I mean, all right. Uh, so, yeah. Anywho. Um, so, he... But... Uh, so, <laughs> so, anyway. So, somebody in the marijuana organization, basically, after I left, kept uh, pushing this issue about Sam's stance on immigration. Uh, and... Uh, she insisted that he not be his vape shop, not be allowed to sponsor their weed stock uh, event, sponsor the main stage. And instead, they gave the sponsorship to Wonderland, uh, whose uh, owner was running uh, on the green ticket that year. So it was a big kind of F you to Sam. And so That's I where you were, when I was in, at the university, can you still buy whippets there? I used to buy whippets at Wonderland. They still they still big fans of whippets there. No. It's, should I be saying this? I don't know. I uh, have not. You know what? I No one knows. This was a long time ago. Uh, maybe I was even, wasn't even at Wonderland. Who knows? <laughs> I definitely bought whippets at Wonderland. Okay. <laughs> in, in, any, in, any, in any event. <laughs> and so, yeah, so I think Sam's been a little mad that, uh, you know, as you said before we started recording, that um, I started that fight. Other people definitely finished it. I had nothing to do with him losing that weed stock thing, but it was, he's been a little obsessed. Maybe he has a crush on me. But so, yeah, so he put out a statement uh, last week, I guess, uh, saying that uh, I was Antifa, that I infiltrated Carrie's campaign uh, with my Antifa cell, and that we were operating within the campaign. Uh, then Kerry was elected to superdelegate, so now we have an Antifa superdelegate, uh, and then because- This was all part of the plan, by the way. I just want to let everybody know that we, we planned this out for 10 years. Yeah, and so, and I'm totally getting to that part. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so then I got elected to the steering committee of Progressive Democrats for Delaware, effectively making them Antifa as well. Uh, and then I and everybody they endorse. Yes, including some people that we don't endorse. So now, um, just because of the way the votes were going and the way the candidate interviews were going, he says that we were funneling money and uh, and volunteer energy to the uh, Sarah McBride campaign, which we haven't because uh, you know I love that she is going to be our first transgender legislator, and I think that it's a wonderful step forward. And I can't wait for it. But uh, she also started off with an extremely strong campaign and a tiny organization like PDD, I think, wasn't going to be able to have the impact that we could have on a smaller campaign that needed more help. Uh, and so all of that is to say that um, because I infiltrated PDD for uh, Antifa, uh, Sarah McBride is Antifa now, according to Delaware Young Republicans. And I did see her at the march through. Uh, I hope we get to talk about that because it wasn't. Uh, but I did see her at the march through the Highlands. She did march the other night. 
Well, so there she, you maybe go. Maybe she is. Maybe she. Maybe Which she is a breeding ground for Antifa recruitment. Oh yes, I can tell you that we do a lot of uh, secret operations here, and many, many people here are uh, are Antifa. Well, people so not, I mean, the, the basically ones, everybody. They, I, sure. Why not? Yeah, and so that that Chris is Coons. their argument. Yeah, so Chris Coons Mike actually. Brzezicki. Chris Coons endorsed uh, Sarah McBride. Fucking Joe Biden wrote the forward to her book. And so what I'm saying is they're all Antifa now. So you're welcome. And so all of my Antifa comrades, if you missed my encoded message that I put in our Facebook group, I would just like to let you know that I do have control of the state of Delaware. The proof is in the post from the Delaware Young Republicans. Uh, they put up a beautiful photo of, like, you know, Wilmington burning and uh, the Delaware Democratic Party logo alongside uh, an Antifa logo uh, that was really badly, like, shaded. Sam, yeah, you your, your Photoshop is terrible. Like, you could just pick a lighter photo or, like, you could put a gradient of, like, a white gradient on it, stick those dark logos on top of that so you can actually see it. But, no, they didn't do that. You could just sort of see, like, the red of the Antifa fly. You couldn't see the black. So it Sam, was really not well designed. Yeah, Sam. Graphic I mean, design is their passion. Yeah, we could tell you made that in MS Paint. We were not impressed. Uh, we have much better graphic designers. And so my point is is that now, since I have infiltrated the Democratic That's Party. That's why Antifa took over. Yeah, and so uh, you know that Delaware is a blue state, so all I had to do was infiltrate uh, the Democratic Party. And so now um, they're all Antifa, and they've refused to denounce Antifa because, uh, you know, you might argue that it's because the Delaware Young Republicans are stupid and not worth a response, or, you know, it could be because the Delaware uh, Democrats are actually Antifa. So what I will say is that uh, I've already talked to uh, our generals, who are very fine people, and uh, I will be more sending... More and more people are saying it. Yes, and so I will be sending the Delaware National Guard to D.C. Uh, to take care of some stuff um, and some people. And so, yeah, I mean, mission accomplished. This is really what I set out to do when I moved to Delaware, and I'm just, you know, really proud that I'm finally getting the recognition that I deserve. Number one, thank you, comrade, for your work. Uh, I'm going to go a little deeper because I'm going to pick up on something you said, like, if it's either or. Like, one of the reasons I don't go on Facebook to have these, like, arguments with, like, the, 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 Dela the Delaware Young Republicans, these are some of the stupidest fucking morons uh, that I've ever, like, come across. Like, it's all, like, like... <clears throat> I really don't have a lot of patience to try to explain to them. I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you do it and you sit there and you, and, you can, and you can play with these guys for so long because literally, like, I'd love to have one of these guys on and just be like, what, what is wrong with you? Why are you fucking dumb? Like, are you, like, is it, are you playing a game or are you just fucking stupid? Um, do you think, like, is, like, I understand, like, the DuPonts, had the same politics, but the DuPonts were f fucking loaded. This guy inherits a couple hundred grand from his pop, and he thinks he's he thinks he's the he thinks he's the fucking landed gentry. I mean, these people's politics are uh, are are so degenerate and fucking reactionary. I, I can't. It's almost like I can't fathom it. Like I I think it's a fucking joke. People are like, why are you talking to me this way? Well, you you seem to me to be have the intellect of a small child or somebody with a brain injury. So I don't know how to treat you. Like, I don't know how to interact with you. Also, I th can we 
Kristen, could you go over exactly why you're Antifa and what the background is for that? Because I feel like the background there is funny enough to include. So when I was volunteering on the Kerry campaign, uh, we got some phone calls from someone, some reporter from one of those Southern right-wing radio stations. It was like Dan Gaffney or somebody, Jensen, whatever. Uh, nobody worth repeating. Jim Bob, Chloe. Yeah. And we're so, here in all, we're all, this is uh, Radio Free Austin. We're going to get to lives, motherfucker. And so I was literally getting phone calls like, Kristen, what photos do they have of you breaking windows? To which my response was, fuck you. Um, and I was very, uh, I honestly, it was stressful. I was wondering what they were going to do, if it was going to affect the Kerry campaign. And so I listened to the radio show. And I, this is really, really why I hate Sam Chick, is because I had to listen to that stupid show for I think 45 minutes, including like a call-in from Scott Walker, just so that I the Scott Walker, our Scott Walker, or the Wisconsin Scott Walker? Is there a difference? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so... One has better signs. <laughs> yes, this is true. One, one's, but, uh, one's extremely wealthy and one isn't. Because one carries water for uh, extremely wealthy people, and one's just a fucking dipshit. <laughs> I mean, they're both they're both dipshits. Just one is has more money in the bank. So after about forty five minutes of listening to these people drone on, finally, right before the show was going to be over, the interviewer asked, "And what's your your proof that Kristen is Antifa?" And he said, "Oh, it was in the News Journal." Oh, Sam, 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 Sam. So what was he referring to? I. Got a Nazi show shut down in Wilmington. I remember this story. It was at Bar 13, and I contacted the owner, and I said, hey, you booked Nazis. And he said, no, I didn't. And I said, yes, you did. And then I sent him a bunch of proof, which he forwarded on to the Nazis, which then resulted in threats. Uh, and so I told him, and I I have often given people this warning, and so I will put it out there. If you ever receive this warning from me, know that I'm not fucking around. I said, okay, I just want really clear confirmation. You are not canceling this show, and so I'm no longer going to use my indoor voice. I'm going to get loud about this. So just confirm you're not canceling this show. And he said, absolutely not. I'm not canceling this show. So I got loud. And... I organized a calling campaign along with somebody else, and we managed to get the show canceled. You're welcome, Delaware, because one of the Nazis who was going to come down a couple months later was arrested for beating up Jewish protesters who were protesting outside of a Republican event in New York City. So uh, for this, for canceling that Nazi show, uh, Sam Chick has decided that I am Antifa. So, you know, you got me. I'm against Nazis. I am a terrible, horrible person. You are Antifa in a very literal sense. Yeah, literally, uh, anti-fascist. And yeah, she she literally did not want fascists to come here and do fucking their fascist shit. Yeah, and it was at the time scary because the other woman who is Hispanic was getting threats. I was not, and I don't think that there is any coincidence about that. I mean, you know, that's 
it's pretty clear that why they went after someone with a Hispanic last name. Um, but so I had people stay over my house with pipes and bats and it was, you know, a little bit of a stressful slumber party. And, you know, so Sam, I did a mitzvah and you are totally dragging me for it. And you think I'm a bad person, which I think makes you a bad person. Well, again, (laughs) this just goes to my point. Like these people have the, 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 they have the political sort of awareness of a, you know, of a young child. Well, and that's what Sam's... Or a very rich person. Or like a, I mean, they... Like, like a young H.P. Lovecraft. Correct. But that was a long, long time ago. So I decided, I went to a, I went to a Black Lives Matter rally and several Democrats who know me came up to me and said, hey, I, uh, you know, how does it feel to be the face of Antifa in Delaware? And I asked well, do you know the background? And they said they didn't know why I was being accused. Like they knew that it was completely ridiculous, but you know, they did not know the background. So I decided to make a semi-public statement about the background, including the link to the news journal article uh, about us canceling the Nazi show. And I said that that was the the reason that the only proof that Sam cited that, that I was an Antifa terrorist. And so... Actually, Sam's sister responded and said that she told him that he was being an idiot, that the Democrats did not need to disavow me because it could be argued that they probably hate me more than Republicans at this point because Democrats have to deal with me on a regular basis, whereas Republicans just, you know, uh, they only get blessed by, by my commentary (laughs) speaking of republicans having to deal with you this is a perfect segue because number one uh i did say that we would do some sort of uh minute silence or 21 gun salute uh for the christopher columbus statue uh because he's gone and i know there's a lot of uh americans of italian descent he's gone off to discover a basement somewhere yeah yeah put him right in a box i actually recommended that it just get thrown in the river like a piece of fucking trash. Uh, but I, I did that as an Italian, as an American of Italian descent. That was my, I'm, I'm doing identity politics right now, and I feel like I personally should be able to decide what happens to that fucking piece of garbage. We should meld it down into something better. Uh, there's a petition going around, actually, to have Rodney Square renamed for the juggalo who died defending a, uh, a parent and child getting on the bus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember that. And and that it's true. He would be much better. Cannibal, than... right? Was his juggalo name? Yes. Cannibal. I I I actually like that or idea. Hannibal, I, mean, I think. Like cannibal. cannibal, cannibal. We're so bad. We need to edit out us not knowing his name. I don't. Yeah. Well, I will <laughs> say if if people don't know, they should look this up. His uh, last name's Cottingham. Okay. T. Cottingham. So the the story is that. Um, and this was over five years ago. I, you know, I, I actually took the bus that day. I, I, w- I went through Rodney Square about two hours before this happened. So about 6 or 7 p.m. in the, like the early evening, um, a, a woman and her, her small child, I think it was a toddler or an infant, were getting, on, they were getting hassled and hassled and hassled by this guy. <coughs> and so uh, this guy stepped in and was like, hey, you know, it's a woman and, and her kid. Can you? The guy completely lost it. I believe stabbed him, right? Um, they fought a little bit, stabbed him again. 
Um, the police actually chased him. Now, this guy was white, so when the police chased him to Market Street, they only tased him. That's how you know he was white. <clears throat> but they did get him on, in, into custody. But um, the guy who interceded actually wind, wound up dying. He was, he was killed. Um, so I actually do think this is an incredible sort of thing to remember because people forget it. And now that uh, we should be renaming Rodney Square, this is a good this is a good idea to do it. But that's the that's the background of it. Yeah, Thomas Cannibal Cottingham. Thomas Cannibal Cottingham. And honestly, he nationally is you know kind of a, a cult hero uh, because I mean, he's not even. I mean, he's just a fucking hero, really. Yes, but I also mean that he definitely has like a respectful following amongst the Juggalos and also Delawareans. I know a couple people who knew him. And had nothing but good things to say about him. Yeah, I mean, I remember every once in a while, you know, you, I mean, you see um, Nurse Susan and I and the people who ride the bus, you know, it's different, uh, my buddy Greg, Jess Grain, everybody who rides the bus sort of has these stories, like bus stories, you know, shit happens, you fucking tell the story of some weird shit. I like, I interceded on, in a fight on the bus one time and then a week later, Susan and I, go to get on the bus to go downtown to like a concert or something and it's the same driver <clears throat> but I don't notice it so I tell Susan hey remember that story I interceded and there was a fight and the cops came and all that she's like yeah I was like, this was the driver so she's like oh okay then we get downtown and we get off to go to the Grand or whatever and the driver stops us and goes ma'am is this your husband she said yeah she goes I just want you to know he's a hero and so I, I, every once in a while I tell Susan, I'm like, you shouldn't talk to me that way because I don't know if you know the bus driver. So I was a hero. So I just want to let you guys know that story. But, yeah, the bus, um, people, still, people still talk about what that guy did because it was, um, yeah, I mean, it takes a lot of guts to do something to a stranger because you know, you don't know where, where they're coming from. You don't know what their story is. You know, and he, he got killed. But wait, so you are also a bus hero? Well, because we need an Italian American to replace Columbus. So I'll tell you the story. It's not. The, I mean, it's not that. I actually want to talk more about this Rob statue that's going to be in Columbus Park. Well, now that you say that, I'll tell the story. Have I ever told this? Have you ever heard the story, Carl? You have not. Okay. So <clears throat> I would take the number ten bus home every day. Uh, catch it on Walnut Street by the uh, police station. Take it back to Forty Acres. It's the afternoon, it's about 4.30, 5 o'clock. It's a pretty crowded bus because it used to go all the way to Tower Hill. Um, and people used to be able to get off all different kinds of stops downtown. So I'm sitting in the front, um, facing the front, looking at the people uh, that are facing each other in those first like three rows that actually look at each other behind the driver. And I notice, even though there's about 15 people on the bus, those three people sort of know each other like I didn't know if somebody was talking on the phone or talking to themselves but somebody's angry about something then I realize those three people are together and they're having some sort of you know domestic dispute <clears throat> well uh, one of the people on the right gets up and slaps this woman in the face like just punches her in the face like a, like a clenched fist in the face and I don't know if she spit on her. I couldn't remember. Now, there was a guy next to her who was maybe 20 years older, big dude. Maybe maybe he was 50, 40, 40 or 50. 
And then this little lady that was like a Hispanic lady that this other woman just, I didn't even, I didn't know at the time. I, I didn't know what uh, her gender was, but because she was uh, sort of undetermined. And I'm like, did everybody just see that woman get punched in the face? There's like 15 people on this bus. So I'm like, well, I'm just going to let this slide. Because, again, it's a bus story. So you're like, all right, well, let me just see what. I'm not going to, you know, make it. So we go through Rodney Square. People get off. People get on. Now there's still 15, 18 people on the bus. <clears throat> Those three people are still on the bus. Still having some sort of dispute that I don't understand. It's like a 50-year-old black guy, a 25 or 30-year-old person who's black who I don't know their gender, and this sort of Hispanic woman. We pull out of Rodney Square. We're going down past a, behind a Hotel DuPont to make a right to go towards the hospital. The woman gets up again, slaps the woman in the face again. I was like, fuck it. I just stood up. I was like, you know, we're done with this. Don't, don't fucking touch her again. Now all hell breaks loose. The guy gets up. This is a woman. You can't hit a woman. I just I don't care who she is. He, she can't fucking punch this one in the face. Now people are, are like, oh, now somebody's going to do something. We make a right to go behind a Brandywine building. We pull up to that uh, double tree, whatever that fucking hotel is. The guy's like, we're going to fight. And I'm like, I guess we're going to fucking fight then because she fucking punched her in the face two times. I said, I, I can't. I can't in good conscience allow this to fucking continue. We pull up to the fucking Sheridan or whatever the fuck it is. The guy opens the door. Bum rushes the dude out. As soon as, he, as soon as the driver bum rushes the guy out, the woman sees that, like, and then the, the Hispanic lady's crying. The woman sees, like, I'm not moving. Like, I'm not going to let her do whatever. So she sees the guy get rushed out. She runs away. Well, what I didn't know is the driver had signaled to, like, for the police or, or, or the, the supervisor to come. So now the, the bus is being sort of, like, surrounded by police and, and sept, uh, dark people. Now the dude starts running away, but he's too fucking fat. He can't get away, so they stop him. But the, but the person who I found out was, like, I guess a, 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 a trans woman, uh, she fucking bolted because I guess she knew she was in the shit. And it just became like, what happened? I said it. Now, now, of course, like five, six people on the bus were like, I'm so glad you stood up. I was like, where the fuck were you? Like, it's, I'm, not, I'm out there fucking, I'm out there on my own. And, uh, you know, the bus has to stop. And then people are talking to me. The guy is sort of like trying to talk his way out of it. Unfortunately, the thing that makes me sad is I never realized until just telling the story that the... Um, I don't know what happened to the woman. Like, she was crying the last time I saw her, but it was so, there was so much going on, I don't know what the fuck happened to her, actually. Uh, but finally, everybody just sort of walked away, but the cops were still there, so I was like, is another bus coming? They're like, yeah, they'll be here in eight minutes. I'm like, I'm just going to walk home. So I just walked home, and that's the story. But the same driver saw me like a week later, so I told Susan the story, and, you know, of course, she, Nurse Susan's just like, oh, good for you. You know, she pats me on the head. But it was just, that was what made it funny because we were going to the Grand to see some show and the driver was just like, your husband, is, is he's a real hero. He said, that's what he said, he's a real hero. <laughs> but again, I will say this, the trans woman or, or the, you know, I, I, that was my understanding, but I don't know if that's true. But it was, she, she was fairly, fairly small and I felt like, I felt like I could take her. 
But then, like, the dude stood up, and then I knew he was involved, and I'm like, oh, boy. Because the dude was, I mean, he was fat, but, like, I can't take two of them on. So it was, it was pretty dicey there. For, until the driver stopped and, 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 and interceded, it was, it was pretty dicey. <clears throat> so another brand of Republican that I want to talk about because the Columbus statue is now down, as we said. And uh, the, the genre of Republican is very sad, extremely sad, because history is dying. I know. I drove by the stump where, where Christopher Columbus was. I just want to tell every, every, every night of Columbus, you racist fucking old boomers, it's only a stump now. Think about that. Your hero is just a fucking stump. Yeah. And so I drove by Columbus's, the stump where Columbus used to be, and I forgot everything about him. I forgot everything about this country. I just, it's true. I mean, I can't, they took it away, and now I know nothing about our nation's history. Um, you know, those, I thought it was the books that I read. I thought it was the classes in school, the history classes and stuff. But it turns out, no, like the only reason that I know anything about this country is because of that Christopher Columbus statue. Yeah, it's illegal to talk about it. We can't, we, we're not even, actually what we're doing right now is completely illegal. Mm -hmm. Because history is gone now that the statue is gone and we can never mention it again. Uh, I found out uh, late yesterday that uh, the... Uh, I mean, I, I, call her, I, I call her like a bimbo grifter. She's like a bimbo grifter. Christo, Christo fascist grifter. You're talking Whitsky. about, um, you're talking about Nazi Barbie. Yeah, Nazi Barbie, Witsky. So I, she, she, uh, I guess she, she mustered uh, two or three uh, true believers and, and tried to cause problems. Uh, what is your feeling? I mean, obviously, I mean, everybody can see what it is. It's just a fucking embarrassing joke but what is your have you had any interaction what's your take on on lauren witzke well you know that her campaign manager is a straight-up nazi right yes so that's my take it's, no seriously it's, sometimes it's hard for me to get real real mad about it because i it's it's so incredibly fake like I know real people like the pre there's a, we've, we've talked about this and actually we had Susan had another little confrontation with the uh, the neighbor of the proud boy who lives over here this week after the march. Are you talking about the the proud boy? The yeah, he was right there. I, I told him I already told him we would. Yeah, satire, we, satire. Yeah, but we could allegedly. We could. Well, here's what happened. So, and this is a good time, too, because we haven't uh, really talked about the march through here. And, it, and it, I'm actually happy that the Highlands Trolley 40 Acres March didn't get any press. Like, there was no pictures or any, in the paper or anything. Because I love rumors of war. Like, I want the people in this neighborhood to be like, oh, no, 500 people just marched through here on a Thursday. And, like, that's not even good enough to get to, like, be reported. I like that, actually. But we, when we, we, we swept around Trolley and came back up, not to give away exactly where I'm at, <clears throat> but we, we, I turned to Kobe, and I said, Kobe, because we were like the marshals, right? I said, Kobe, you know, the next block, the fucking Nazi, the Proud Boy? He's like, yeah, yeah. I was like, you know the one with He lives on the next block. We're going right by his fucking house. 
was like, he, you know what he did? He went, <laughs> he just laughed. <laughs> so when we went by his house, his neighbor was out. And this guy's out. And he's, he's like videoing the people coming by, chanting, singing. But I, I never really talked to the guy. I just noticed this guy's neighbor. You know, whatever. Fast forward 90 minutes. We're hanging out outside. There's a few of us sort of decompressing, drinking Heineken, just like we're doing right now. Susan goes to take the dog for a walk. She goes. A couple minutes later, she comes back laughing. She's walking the dog laughing. I'm like, what are you laughing at? She's like, you know that guy who was videoing? The, yeah. Uh, she's like, I stopped and talked to him. He was, he was talking to the Proud Boy. He goes inside because he knows to go inside if Susan's there because Susan will fucking give him. Nurse Susan does not abide, just sort of like you. She doesn't fucking hate. She tells everybody what she thinks. So he goes inside, and the guy's like, hey, uh, I saw the march. I'm really excited. I said, so he said, uh, so Susan's like, yeah? What are you talking to him about? He's like, well, I'm, I've been trying to talk. He's like, I think he's a MAGA guy. I'm trying to, like, bring him over to, to our side. Susan goes, I have some incredibly bad news for you. He goes, what? Like, guy's a proud boy. He was like, what? She's like, yeah, man, he's a fascist. The guy was like, you're kidding. Like, obviously, it's not something the guy would never tell him. He was like, well, that's, like, it really hit the guy. He was like, well, that's, that's that. Like, he, like it, it, it hit him like it would hit us. Like, once you find that out, you're like, oh, that guy's irredeemable. Like, I don't, that guy's lower than dirt to me. Like, if I, if I found out that he was killed in an automobile accident tonight, I would be like, ah, good. I don't fucking care about that guy. But it was funny. For, her, for, for Nurse Susan to tell this story about this guy's reaction when he realized it's like, oh, no, it's not a Republican or a Trump guy. This, guy, this guy's a, a, a fascist. And it, Susan said you could see it in his face. He just took the wind out of his sails. Like it got punched in the stomach. I love that. That's good. But that was the situation of this guy this week. Oh, that guy. Joe Ruff is his name. He can fucking eat my dick. And you can find out more about how he's a Nazi and all the Nazis he hangs out with in Philadelphia on the Twitter Eyes of Gritty. Eyes of Gritty's been uh, banned now, sorry. Oh, my. I know, but I'm sure Eyes of Gritty is some eyes somewhere else. It's okay. We have Elmo now. Have you seen this? <laughs> I didn't hear. So I, I know that it was a thing. Like, I know that it happened. Um, because I know the next day, didn't, wasn't it on like Fox News the next day? Tucker Carlson. So tell the story. I mean, so Sesame Street put out a an episode to try to explain to kids what was going on yeah. about the Black Lives Matter uprising. Um, and I did not see it, but I would imagine that, you know, the entire Sesame Street crew was dressed in balaclavas and fucking up all the pussy. Nazis. <laughs> fucking Big Bird was Pussy Riot. <laughs> I, th I, th I think that, and maybe Carl, I don't know what's fair use, maybe Carl will cut a little thing in here, but I, 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 thought it, I thought it was two Elmos, but then when I saw it again, somebody told me, and again, I haven't seen it, that was, it, they did Elmo talking to his brother, or his, or his father or something, so it was like, they basically, the, the conceit was, Elmo is talking to a family member about, like, why are, why are people in the street, sort of thing. That's the only thing I know about it. Like, I don't know what was said or, like, how it was used on... Well, I guess I kind of do know how it was used on Fox News, but I don't, I don't know the backstory. The important part is that it triggered Tucker Carlson. He had a meltdown on air. 
and everybody is now making fun of him. And yeah, I mean, Elmo is, I mean, Elmo is Antifa now. He's ours. Uh, he, you know. Our outreach is strong. Yeah, so I'm pretty sure that the Proud Boys got him to, to worry about. Every now and then you see someone in an Elmo mask like running through Philly as it's burning. I did see a few photos of that. That was great. Pretty glorious. Well, I love this kind of stuff because it's like these sort of more far-right people who try to pretend to be like this counterculture right, but then like a puppet says something that they don't like and they have a complete like 1990s-era Christian Republican meltdown about how popular culture has been lost to the Antifa super soldiers. Yeah, who, I mean, the the meltdown that they've had over, for example, NASCAR banning the Confederate flag is just hilarious. Like the same people that are calling me snowflake for trying to tell them to not be, you know, racist or xenophobic. Uh, they're just all of a sudden NASCAR bans their favorite you know, lose their flag, and they just, I mean, complete meltdown that our history is getting ruined, and, you know, the Confederacy will rise again, and it's like, guys, like, how many more losses can the Confederacy take? Well, again, that, that, was, that was the point that I made. We were talking about the statues before. Like, I don't, it's very hard for me not to point out that, you know, some 30-year-old Italian who was born in Hokessen who's never been to Italy, who's, you know, just knows what spaghetti is, is, is crestfallen that the fucking Columbus statue came down because that's his heritage. And I'm like, this sounds vaguely like what somebody from Alabama says about the Confederate flag. This it's like, person... oh, this, my, whole, my whole being, this symbol of fucking garbage that, I, I, that I've created this narrative around, uh, has, now people are like, that's actually garbage. And they're like, they're, they're um, you know, the, a part of them has died or something. It's, it's I, I, I look at the Columbus statue and the Confederate flag very similar in that regard. Speaking of weirdos and statues, I think it's worth talking about the, uh, the situation down in Dover. Because um, I saw you were having some fun with this on Twitter earlier today. So here's the story. A couple nights ago, the uh, state police thing got vandalized. They threw piss on it, or and they hit it with an axe. You know what I'm talking about in Dover? You saw it on, on the social media? Yes. Uh, they took an axe to his neck so the statue could no longer breathe. I was very offended. I wasn't offended at all. It was a joke. I, was, I want to be really clear that I was being sarcastic. <laughs> sarcasm, sarcasm. So, so when, when the news broke... I don't remember who broke it first. It was Biddle or, or um, that guy, Tom Tom Lehman. Um, and I just retweeted it, and I was like, LOL, because I just thought it was funny. And then later on in the morning, I noticed somebody was like, uh, fake. Just said fake. And so I get this response, because I, it was on, on the thing, and I, I said, yeah, it's probably the cops. And so what we come to find out is, today, it's uh, like a, a MAGA dude uh, who was known because he was uh, trying to start, trying to instigate some of the protests that have been in Dover. And he was called out 
uh, and just was like, this guy's not with us. Stop doing what you're doing. That kind of thing. So, like, the, like the police knew sort of what was going on. The thing that made it really uh, sort of poignant for me is we just recorded and released the episode with uh, Peter Levy, who wrote the Great Uprising book. And we talked about the book with him and Yasser Payne. And so I knew that was, I had booked that about two weeks in advance. So I borrowed the book from Jordan. I read that book. I read another book. And I had taken a lot of notes. And I really got into this fucking thing. And I wanted to ask him about this outside agitators myth. Because the book has a very long, detailed uh, story about how they try to pin what really is the second incident in Cambridge, Maryland on uh, an organizer called H. Rat Brown. And it's really like a setup. Like he gave a speech and then all this other shit happened. Uh, some white people went to ride through the neighborhood and, and, and try to fucking shoot their rifles off. The fire started. The, 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 the racist fire, people wouldn't put the fire out. But they basically said, oh, a riot started because this guy spoke. Outside agitator. All bullshit. Ask the question... Uh, Professor Levy actually tells a story that I didn't know that's not in the book uh, that Stokely Carmichael got pinned for the same thing in Baltimore because he was in Baltimore 10 days before King was assassinated but he was uh, planning his wedding he was shopping with his fiance for their wedding which the FBI knew because they were trailing him but they released it like oh he was there because he didn't know King was going to be shot so this outside agitator thing is a big fucking joke. It's a myth. This is a fucking reactionary bullshit. No, it's not. If you've noticed but, the but uprising. Both, but, 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 both, <laughs> but both both Levy... So I asked a question and we had that conversation. And then Levy says this. He was like, what, what really people are generally concerned about is agent provocateurs. Um, the cops, um, reactionaries clan in his case whatever and so then we go to Yasser Payne and Yasser Payne said actually in the street right now it's a big story you know I, whether it's true or rumors of war or whatever it is but people are very very um, attuned to this idea that there could be agent provocateurs that are trying to stir it up so they can crack heads and then today we find out that this guy who fucked up the statue in Dover is a, is, a, is a MAGA fascist. He's just out there trying to fucking cause trouble because he's a, a complete smooth-brained piece of dirt. And it just, it, it really uh, hammered home this conversation that I just had this week. Like, these people are fucking scumbags. They're the worst of the worst. And now that we're in the street, it really uh, it really puts in stark relief the fight that we're having. Things have really accelerated very quickly. And so that was that's the so this morning somebody said they they now that they know this, uh, I guess the Dover police or someone put out a, a, a statement. <clears throat> And somebody responded to my thing from yesterday. It wasn't the cops. Thanks for your intellect. I said it was an agent provocateur. Same shit. 
It's the same fucking shit. Well, that was a pretty big uh, own goal on that one because he his timing was impeccable. That the evening before he took the axe to the statue, somebody in Wilmington emailed the city and said, hey, when are we going to take down the Columbus statue? And then a couple of people set up an online petition to, uh, to the city, and they, let me think. Yeah, and so they created a Facebook group that said it's time to remove the Columbus statue or something like that. And it started growing, you know, had a couple hundred people overnight. And so basically right after this guy sent this email, then, you know, we wake up the next morning and we find that somebody took an axe to the the police memorial statue down in Dover. And so the city gets just completely terrified by that act that just people were just about to start organizing about taking down statues. And then somebody went and took an axe to a statue who turns out to be this guy who's not affiliated or supportive of the Black Lives Matter protests. And that was what that that act of property destruction was what took down Caesar Rodney and also Christopher Columbus because the city said, no, this is just going to be bad. We need to just do what Baltimore did haul him out, hide him behind a dumpster until all, like, all this settles down and then just put him in a basement. That actually makes me feel pretty good because, again, this is something we've been talking about for a couple of weeks now that these uh, street actions have started, uh, war and rumors of war. Like uh, Yasser Payne mentioned uh, in our discussion about getting information about like bricks. Why are bricks here? Oh, there's a van full of pipes here. Or there's this or that. Again, like, of course, that's all bullshit. And, luck, and, and actually, none of that panned out. So people are now going to see that that's sort of fake. But then again, we, we march here on Thursday, and there's no, there's no pictures anywhere. I mean, have you guys seen any press about the march through the Highlands and, and 40 Acres and Trolley? I've seen some people who were there post pictures, but beyond that, no. Yeah, no, no press, right? And like, I, I actually think that's good because I saw a lot of, and again, I live in this neighborhood, so I, I saw people that I know either watching and happy that somebody's stepping up, like, like the people on the bus, like, oh, thanks for doing this. Now that now that you're doing it, I support it, but I didn't have the fucking guts to do it because I'm a coward. That's what happened in uh, in my district as well. It's a pretty cursed district. Uh, I've knocked on doors in that district. I have fought with my neighbors in that district, and uh, and just over stuff like how long our lawns should be, because that's what's the most important issues in my neighborhood. And uh, and a couple of kids, students, UD students, posted on Snapchat, I think, that they were going to hold a Black Lives Matter rally outside of the local Acme. And they did, and people, I think a couple of people saw it on Snapchat, but the overwhelming majority, like I asked, like, how did you hear about it? And they said that they just saw it as they were driving by or friends texted them or they came out of their houses from across the street. And so it was really organic and it had 
about 40 people. And then the group decided we're going to come back and this time we're going to advertise it. And so the second time there was a rally, it there was well over 100 people there lining both sides of the street. Um, and it was the point where the same <laughs> Republican politicians who sent out emails the week before to their district saying that there was, you know, police warnings of potential riots in Hocassin. I know that place is so rough. And so I, yeah, I mean, he would, he was there. Mike Smith was there. Um, they were there all filming. I don't know why they were there um, because, you know, it was Antifa was going to riot in Hocassin. It was going to be I, wild. I didn't hear, I didn't hear that until afterwards that the, the big, um, the big uh, kerfuffle on social media that they were coming to Hocassin and Pike Creek. Yeah, because I think uh, somewhere that's, that's actually on hilarious. the night of the like the first protest where you know Market Street, some of that got looted. Um, like some window on two hundred two got smashed. I think I I didn't hear about this till like a couple days later, and so they started spreading this rumor that you know like basically all of Newcastle County, I guess, was going to start erupting into racial violence. Um, Again, this is this is and like I, I went on two hundred two like later like the, on Sunday and we talked that was, night. Everything because, was closed. Yeah, we talked that night because I said something about people were hey, freaked out. I heard I heard Target and they're doing all this stuff all on two hundred two and and I think you you sent me a message. You were like, I just had to drive up there. Oh, because you said you were like, I'll just go into Wawa with my mask and try to get something to eat. But you're like even the Wawa. Wawa was closed. closed. I've never seen a Wawa closed. I found out about it almost immediately because, and I was really annoyed about this because a Democratic senator went, took pictures of the broken window, and then went and talked to people around the general area. And so, and the the person that the photo was posted uh, with looked exactly like every single male head of household in my entire neighborhood like they all look alike and that was him and out inside of the same cookie cutter house that that we all have in my neighborhood and i said oh man and i did comment on it um and i think that it made this person feel bad but i said look like you can't like you know if we're having black lives matter rallies and the only thing that you post about it is one broken window in a wealthy area and uh, very well could not have been it might very well could have been not from the pro if anything like they didn't go up that far no the protest didn't go up that far like a couple one places random got asshole probably just threw a rock at a window agent provocateur yeah and so it was i mean my complaint was i said look like if that's what you're posting like property damage in your rich district like this is going to my neighbors will see this and they will grab their guns and start like reciting the 14 words because it's, you know, it's not helpful. Um, you don't need to be. She said she was, uh, I think, talking to residents who were affected by the, the violence or something. And I was like. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I again, there's going to be rumor and innuendo and all of that. You know, bricks were delivered and and I'm fine with it. I just accept it like. <clears throat> I marched past the guy at the corner who I mentioned was like, you know, the, the police academy washout who thinks he's a SEAL. So, the while people knew and the organizing was pretty good for the, the march on Thursday here through the neighborhood, it kind of took some people by surprise because they're not in those circles and 
you know, they hear, a, they hear a gossip and they're not sure. So we kind of took them by surprise. And as we, as, we're, as we go down Delaware Avenue from Rockford Park, people start joining. I want to I give a shout-out. I don't know if they'll ever hear this, but when we got past Coons's house, in Coons's front yard, there was two guys with two flags sort of uh, either Velcroed or sort of taped together. One guy on one side was a black guy holding it. It was the Pan-African flag. On the other side was a, uh, a, a Hispanic guy. I assume he was Mexican because the, it was a Mexican flag, and he had a, a thing on. And they were standing in Coons's yard as we went past. And then I saw them at the rally afterwards. So they marched all the way down through trolley with us somewhere. They, they wound up over there. It was incredible. But when we came down Delaware Avenue, the, the, uh, the wannabe SEAL, was out there just like in his shorts with his arms crossed with this look on his face like like an eight-year-old that didn't get the toy they wanted for Christmas. It was fucking great. Kobe and I are leading these chants. You can already look down the hill into Trolley two blocks and see that, that the crowd goes all the way down into there. So there was hundreds of people, maybe four or five hundred people. So a, a, a group had already been passed. And I looked at that motherfucker and I was like, there seems to be a lot more than us than there are of you. I think you're outnumbered, and you didn't bring your gun. And, I just, and he didn't fucking flinch. He looked like he was trying to make sure he didn't shit his pants. He, I mean, he would look like a little baby, like a baby. It was like one of the greatest moments I've ever had, like, doing an action. And then five minutes later, when we went around, we came up my block, I saw my neighbors. I'll tell you what, man. It was like, I f it blew my mind. I loved it. Now, again, we were marching with people who, a lot of them was their first time. A lot of them were timid. A lot of them didn't sort of know how it was going to go. Your cops there. I mean, the cops, like Su Nurse Susan's like, you know the cops are laughing at us. I'm like, yeah, yes, I know that, but that's not important right now. And But, you know, but people who haven't been into shit, like, they, you know, they see cops and they're like, oh, there's police here. Um, but just to be able to come up my street and, and, and do that was, uh, it was dope. But again, it wasn't covered. Fine. Because when I went through trolley, all the people working at all the fancy restaurants are, oh, there's a video. And oh, good. Tell your friends. We'll be out next week. Well, people in Delaware have been out every single day. Uh, in one town or another, and often more than one town. Before we started recording, I saw there was a march with like 50 people in Milford. Dope. Shout out to Milford people. Way to go. Someone in my district was jogging at one of the parks and on the way home just saw a Black Lives Matter rally file out of a church. And so people are just, you know, they're just, whenever there's large groups of people, people are like, let's have a Black Lives Matter rally. And he was just like, what, what is going on here? Like, again, that cursed district. But <laughs> things are, you, you know that when places like the Highlands and my unnamed cursed district um, will, I don't want to give the, Sam the, Chick an, uh, an idea of where my neighborhood is. Sam Chick, uh, there's more of us than there are of you, and you're fucking stupid, so don't worry about it. I know, but he's got that. She lives in Milton. <laughs> Milton residence. She was in uh, Laurel. Why don't you go down to Laurel and ask around? <laughs> ask around for Antifa and Laurel. Yeah, go down to Laurel. Uh, the code word is heroin. Ask anybody you know heroin. That's the Antifa code word. 
and then see how that works out, you fucking dummy. <laughs> but you know where else is the place to be? We cannot talk about uh, inspiring things from the Black Lives Matter uprising without talking about the protesters in Dover. Uh, so let's do it. Yeah, so there's 23 people who were arrested, including children and including a journalist. Yeah, photographer from the Dover Post, right? Yes, he was live streaming, and I was actually watching him for a couple of days. These protesters, uh, almost every single day since uh, the first protest in Dover, were taking the streets and shutting down Route 13 on both sides on a pretty much daily basis. They were out of all of the protesters in the state, I would argue, the most hardcore and disciplined given where they were doing it. Because sometimes they would do it in Dover, uh, but they would also go to Camden. And that is a rough place to do what they were doing. And they would march up and down Route 13. They would go to Target or Walmart and they would have a rally right at the entrance there. So everybody walking in and out has to walk past them. They had, I think, a day or two before the police arrested them uh, at a protest, they had a gun pulled on them. The Dover Post reporter had that on um had that confrontation on on camera you didn't see the gun but because uh, the windows were rolled up but protesters were all pointing to a police officer and saying look you can see the gun right there you can see the gun right there and he said just let her go just let her go um, and so these and they came back again and they came back again and that's why they were arrested is because I mean they have been more constant in in messing with Empire, I mean, Route 13 is, is, you know, one of the largest highways in the state. And to shut that down every single day in both directions, like that's that's a lot. And then also with what's been going on down in Sussex County, where even when they call a candlelight vigil, all of the, the outlets shut down. Uh, between those two areas protesting, I think they've done some significant economic damage or at least a... a decent amount um you know in terms of people not being able to go about their their business with these these roads being shut down um and they are incredibly disciplined they would take intersections for eight minutes and 46 seconds uh down in on route 13 and yeah when they were arrested i don't know what their charges are i know they were all released without bail but i do know that they um, they do have charges, and oh, because that that was my question. I I was that night. I was in contact with a few different people who were uh, trying to, you know, I had to talk to Carrie, Kobe, um, even the Food Not Bombs people because they have a little bit of a bail fund now. So they were trying to get involved. Like again, it's like you know, everybody has a good. Uh, everybody's operating in good faith. I think that's my point, but. <clears throat> I have, um, yeah, I have nothing but respect for all those people because, and I, one of the things I've been thinking about is it might come to, if we have to keep this up for months through the summer, it might become a thing where we're operating in smaller groups, groups of 50, say, groups of 30, 100, rather than 500, 1,000, rather than stuff that we can put on the internet and close something down, whatever. Um, and that's, you know, that takes 
a lot of fucking guts. And to hear people that are in smaller towns doing that. Uh, I have nothing but love and solidarity for all of those people. Before we end, do you, shall we talk about uh, my last RD meeting? Oh, I forgot. Of course. Because I, this is something, this, the reason, this is another thing that you do that I'm, like, I'm, I'm disconnected from this. And this kind of shit's funny. Yeah, so times have changed. Before, nobody in Delaware appreciated my horse shit, as somebody called it recently. Um, and now, nobody can get enough of it. Um. <laughs> it's funny how things change like that. What, what, once, was, uh, what once was marginal uh, is now in the street and uh, right in front of everyone. Yeah, so what happened was, is I... Um, when it comes to technology, I'm a lot older than I look. I have some serious technological problems. You and me both. I mean, I look like I'm about 23, let's be honest. But as Carl can attest, my, my acumen with a lot of our studio equipment is, let's just call it uh, intermediate. I think intermediate's fair. I don't like the way Carl's looking, so let's... We can work on that in post. Here we go. So I often do stupid things that prevent me from getting into Zoom meetings. And I was, I spent about like exactly 23 minutes <laughs> trying to get into my RD's Zoom meeting. Uh, and I was finally able to get in after texting like the chair and somebody else on the committee. And as soon as I got into the meeting 23 minutes late, uh, my County Councilman Tim Sheldon was giving his normal report back, uh, which I don't know how much of it I missed, but it's usually very long. And he the, he was saying, uh, oh, it's the testing is really easy. You go to, you know, you drive through and the police just, you know, e uh, e escort you through and they just swab your mouth. And so testing is free and easy. You go and do it. And so moving on about this police, all the police stuff that's going on, uh, while I know that Delaware does not have these sort of police brutality problems that they have in other states, and that's when I go, what? And, um, and I just started yelling. And I just he, started yelling. He kept trying to talk over me, so I just yelled more. And... Uh, and it was kind of funny. I thought my RD was going to hate me. I thought maybe they would mute me. Uh, it did not happen. And so I told him, I said, look, how can you say that the police brutality doesn't happen in Delaware? My friend's son was shot in the chest by Wilmington PD. And he uh, spent nine months in jail before he was found to be completely innocent. 100% not guilty of any crime. We're talking about uh, Yahim, right? Yes, we're Yahim. talking about Yahim. And so then he went, uh, Councilman Sheldon went and tried to walk back what he was saying. He said, oh, well, you know, I was talking about our police department, the Newcastle County Police Department. And I said, but Roger Brown, they punched a 16-year-old kid in the head. And he said, oh. Was that the guy they pinned? Um, they had a video of it. They were riding bikes or they were fucking around. It was like little teenagers, right? Yeah, dirt bikes and, and yeah, the kids yeah, yeah. allegedly smelled like pot. And oh, yeah, so you definitely have to uh, bring all the force of the state down on the pot-smoking bike riders. Yeah, and so on video, we all got to watch him get punched in the head. Um, they punched him into a concussion, 
and he's 16 and all of his classmates got to see it. And uh, and so, yeah, I told Councilman Sheldon about this. He insisted that I don't know how police departments work and that there's a county police department and Newark has a police department. And this was clearly in Newark. It was not in Newcastle County because Newcastle County police don't commit police brutality because, and Councilman Sheldon said this, because their police chief is black. So I came back and I said, I actually met with him. And would you be surprised that having a token black man at the head of your police department does not necessarily help? Because he told me and the other people in the, that I was in the meeting with that uh, Eric Gardner and other police brutality victims, uh, they set off the chain of events that led to them getting killed. Because if Eric Gardner uh, had not been selling, was he selling cigarettes or CDs? First, first of all, I'd like to, thank goodness you've brought this up. I'm so glad you brought this up. There's a beautiful book about this. Beautiful is the wrong word, I'm sorry. But it's just, it's, uh, he's such a good writer. Matt Taibbi wrote a book called I Can't Breathe. The, f the first time that they fucking did this, or who knows how many times they've done it. But actually, uh, and I recommend everybody read this book, Matt Taibbi from Rolling Stone. I can't breathe. So, yes, uh, Eric Garner did, as part of his living, sell loose cigarettes as an arbitrage that came from the South. On the morning he was killed by the, uh, by the New York Police Department, he was not selling. He hadn't sold a loose cigarette in a whole day or two days. Uh, he was hanging around the park, and he broke up a fight. And 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 the police were called because of this fight in the park because across the street from the park, they were building a fancy new gentrified apartment building. And so the cops said, um, they're, they're showing people this fancy apartment building. Clear that neighborhood today. So they show up. They understand that Garner was somehow involved in this dispute. They know that he's been arrested multiple times for selling cigarettes or loitering or whatever. It's all bullshit. Uh, so they say, We're, we have to bring you in. And he says, I didn't even do anything today. Today. Because he knows. He's like, look, you can get me for some petty thing here or there. But like today, I didn't even fucking do anything. The reason he said that, which led to his death, was because he actually didn't do anything that day but they wanted to clear that area because there was a, a dust up and because they were building a fancy apartment building across the street and because he was known for petty crimes and he was choked out and I, I like people because and because even Chappelle and the new thing said about selling loose cigarettes and and yes Garner did make a lot make money doing that to support his family but, but he wasn't not even doing it that day, which which actually just inf it just infuriates me even more. I mean, it's also not a capital crime to sell loose cigarettes. I know. It, it's and it's also victim blaming. Like, I mean, to me, I was shocked when he and other leaders of when Bond and other leaders of the police department that we met with, who Tim Sheldon told me, uh, young lady, you did not meet with Bond, um, and you don't know who he is. Did he say young lady? Oh yeah. We're going to get to that part, too, because it's Congratulations. Um, and so uh, he said, uh, oh, I forget where I was now. Thanks. Um, Bond. He didn't. Uh, you you oh, never yeah. spoke to Bond. So Bond. But uh, yeah, when I was meeting with Bond and his other like a couple of top brass there, 
Um, and they were saying that these people committed petty crimes, which is what led to them getting uh, into these altercations with police, one-sided altercations with police where that led to their murder. Um, you know, that they just, it felt like victim blaming. Like, well, if they hadn't been wearing a skirt that short, then maybe they wouldn't have gotten raped. And it's, I mean, it's literally the same exact thing. Like, if he hadn't have been selling cigarettes, then like maybe he wouldn't have like been murdered by a cop. Uh, it's not correct logic. So, but getting back to Tim Sheldon, um, so I, when I was done with my outburst, interrupting him and talking over him, I, things did settle down and somebody in my, on my committee asked a question about some reforms that were happening. Um, you know, she said, going off of what Kristen said, let's, let's talk about transparency and stuff like that. And I was a little surprised about that. And then I did have a question about, you know, I did want to say that, uh, based on my experience as a paralegal working on police brutality cases, the single biggest impediment to us just figuring out what's going on with our client's case is the law enforcement officer's bill of rights. And so when I said that, um, I did also say, look, I want to apologize to everybody who is in this meeting for my outburst, for speaking out of turn, but we are Democrats and we can't go and post pictures of ourselves at Black Lives Matter rallies and then turn around and let a statement like that just slide. And one person actually said, no, don't apologize. He deserved it. And I said, Jesus, like, where, what happened to my RD? What is happening the to times the times are changing. Yes. But then, then somebody else shot me an email. Thank you for standing up to him. Did you see how he backpedaled? And then the next day, I get an email forward from the chair of my RD. And she, uh, apparently, Sheldon sent out an entire email that she forwarded to me, to the entire uh, RD committee, uh, apologizing for being wrong and deserving to get yelled at by me, um, which, I mean, I would rather he understand the ins and outs of police brutality and Black Lives Matter, but um, it is still just really bizarre um, that I could be out of order and yell at someone about police brutality, an elected official, and then like get in a public, a public, a semi-public apology email um, for, you know, sorry guys, it turns out I did deserve to get yelled at. The young lady was correct. Somebody please forward this email to her. Thanks, Tim. Folks, I hope you appreciated our fun, fun uh, episode. The birds are chirping. We're having a beautiful time. And so if you didn't uh, like it, I don't care. Um, I do appreciate Kristen coming out. Um, I hope we do this again. I actually kind of like this. We should do this more often. Yeah, and, you know, because every chance I get, I do want to say do not forget to vote Democrat in November because, you know, your Antifa super soldiers need all the support that we can get. Vote Democrat. Vote often and Have you ever read Stolchenitian? Stolchen is that how you say it? God damn it, I mispronounced something. I know it's going in the final.